0: Welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society podcast, where we are kicking the culture to the curve and embracing real talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what, you are welcome here. So put your differences aside, pull up a chair, and let's talk about the kind of love he taught us. Okay, welcome back, friends. Your favorite trio is back in the house. Julie, say what up?
1: Hey, what
0: up? <laughs> Emily?
2: What up?
0: What up? We got all the girls in the house. So today, I will be leading us through the talk called Daily Restoration by Elder Uchtdorf, which, I mean, that man is just so good. This talk was wonderful. Um, so he talks about, let's just let's just get right into this. So he talks about how they took these participants to a forest, and they give them just simple instructions walk in a straight line. That's it. That's the instructions they got, and there were no visible landmarks, and they had to just rely solely on their sense of direction. And he says, how do you think they did? And the scientist concluded, people really do walk in circles when they do not have reliable cues to their walking direction. When questioned afterward, some participants self-confidently claimed that they had not deviated in the slightest Despite their high confidence, GPS data show that they walked in loops as tight as 20 meters in diameter. Like that's not very big. So interesting. So whatever the cause, he says, it is human nature without reliable landmarks, we drift off course. That's just what we do. So if we look at our own lives, what habits are restorative for us? He says, surely they include daily prayer and pondering the scriptures and using inspired tools like come follow me. Each day, we can approach the throne of God in humility and honesty. We can ponder our actions and review the moments of our day, considering our will and desires in light of his. If we have drifted, we plead with God to restore us and we commit to do better. So the discussion I'd love to have is how have these habits of prayer and study and kneel to ponder and take the sacrament these habits we have in our lives how have they helped to restore you
1: i might be the perfect example of how i have not done good enough at doing those things and so like when you suggested this topic this is the one where they ask you at church to like speak and you're like i know exactly why you gave me that topic <laughs> it's exactly what I struggle with <laughs> every day. Thanks a lot. We like, all I, do. Everybody struggles. This. I start reading this and I'm like, oh, jeez. But it is, uh, <laughs> habit forming has been like a real intense, uh, intensely difficult thing for me in my life. Like, I think it's, I can actually see the detriment of it, of that. But so like, I, I want to be better at it. So I guess I'm here at the seat asking you all to teach me more.
0: Well, I love that. I really do. Because I have noticed, especially in this last two years, I really dove a lot deeper into what it looks like to receive personal revelation. And I've talked about this on previous episodes, but um, my hero, Melanie Stroud on Come Follow Me For Us podcast, she teaches about a specific way that her mission president taught her how to study. And it has really changed my life, being able to Really coming with the purpose to start the prayer, you know, repent, share gratitude with the Savior, and then ask a question. And to be able to be guided through the scriptures to find answers, it's been amazing. And I don't do that every single time, but I do it pretty often, and I received some pretty cool answers. So that has helped, like, bring my spirit back to life, to know that Heavenly Father is talking to me, and that He is aware of my situation But honestly, I don't know if I would have dug that deep had I not gone through some wicked challenges, you know. And maybe I would have, but I am grateful for almost the desperation I felt to get some answers and to deepen my resolve to be committed because I don't know if I'd otherwise. So,
2: Emily, what about you? Oh, this beautiful German man, (laughs) So (laughs) So
1: Aviation. I'd like to
2: liken this to aviation. Yes. I just, um, this is so good for me, this lesson, because I go in and out of, like, I'll be really good for a while pondering and reading, but then sometimes I will not. And I kind of, it's that daily restoration. It's kind of like check-ins being like, how is this habit? Like, have I, because um, you think habits will be forever, but they're really not. And so I know uh, I, I was just having the thought of the excuses, all the excuses I have to why, like, why am I not praying every morning? I have, I'm really bad at that. Uh, just actually getting down on my knees and starting my day with a prayer. I eventually will pray sometime in the day, but just having that daily, like, out of bed. And I know people are kind of like, they make up these rules for themselves. Like I'm, I i do not leave my room without saying a prayer or I'll make, I make my bed and then I say my prayer or something. And, you know, I'm thinking like, well, I'm either up because a kid just woke me up and I need to go help them right now. So it's just not the most immediate thing on my mind, but I was thinking even like, well, I don't see anything wrong with having a prayer and having my kids crawling all over me during the prayer. And I just had that image in my mind of kneeling down, having little kids crawl all over me because I'm like, how are you going to get a prayer out of that? But I think once they learn like the routine of mom kneels down and prays, and I like, that's just what she does. I'd like my kids to see that. And so that was kind of the thought that came to me but I've actually been um, a habit that I started it's probably been about two months now I've been waking up early and trying to wake up before my kids because my one-year-old just started sleeping through the night most nights and so I've been actually waking up an hour earlier before them to have ponder um, in scripture and writing time where I write in a journal and so that has been awesome having that start of my day. So when you ask like, how has it restored you? It gives me, I don't, it's magic. I don't even know yeah. how to, why, but like my days are better. And I think it just sets me up for the answers will come throughout the day or I'll see things that I'm studying. I'm like, Oh, I was just, I was just thinking about that today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I really like
1: that you, I like that it's even called the daily restoration because maybe that's, you know, part of my problem too, is like, if you're looking at it as a chore, looking looking at it as something that needs to be done, check off a box or whatever, maybe that's Mm -hmm. helpful for some people. It's not helpful for me. It's like, I avoid anything that someone's telling me I have to do, which has been very helpful in my life, to be honest with you. (laughs) Just kidding. It's been totally not. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I, I did go with a group of friends. Uh, they suggested an Inklings group. I don't know enough about it to know anything. That's what I know. Oh, is, is that, that we the were... one
0: with Emily Bill Freeman?
1: Uh-huh. Yes.
0: I, I just, just learned about it.
1: I didn't even know it was that so much as that we were meeting to like talk about spiritual stuff. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like I'm a spiritual, I'm a little bit spiritually empty. Sometimes I would love to go meet with some friends and, um, and talk through some stuff. And so I read some of the scriptures before and we went and met. I was just thinking like they were talking about all these podcasts and they kept like mentioning this podcast and this podcast and come follow me podcast. And I'm like thinking, I listen to like podcasts, like true crime podcasts. Like I'm filling my life with like (laughs) the opposite of what, and I, so I would, it's been a month and I switched out a bunch of my podcasts for like some more religious podcasts and like that, it's been like super, super helpful. That's a really good way for me. I, I'm an audio learner. So like, that's been a big thing. It's also difficult. Like I'll go to like, and I really want to touch the entertainment tab. You know what I mean? And like, I I guess I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see if the shift will come where I become hungry for that as my entertainment. Cause right now it's still at the struggle stage a little bit. It's still like, yeah, I should listen to this church podcast, but I'd rather listen to that true crime. So I'm still in that state. So I think I'm looking forward to like the shift and I I believe it'll come. That's why I'm putting in the effort to do it. But that's been one thing, I guess. I just thought of it now, but like podcasts are really easy for me. It's accessible to me at all times. So I've been doing that, which has been kind of nice.
0: I love that. So I was writing some notes because there's multiple things that were awesome that you talked about one that like the daily restoration idea was greater than the checklist idea for you right and like you said maybe some people like the checklist idea and that works for them awesome but thinking of it as a daily restoration speaks more to your soul and it does for me too that like this is a beautiful opportunity for me every single day and also i was it emily that said habits don't last forever like we have to put the effort in like we can't just like, oh it's a habit now i'm good Like, we have to continually put forth the effort into any habit, right, or else it will go away. But also, I love that you said that you understood that you know how you learn. And I think that's vital to know that, to understand how you learn, what motivates you, what excites you. And I love that you're being raw and honest right now, that you're not totally there yet, but you're putting in the time and effort. Because growth is uncomfortable, but yep. I think that you are seeing that you're like, okay, I know this will be beneficial. So I'm going to put the time and effort in and make this shift, which is perfect. Cause it goes back to our last episode of being 1% better, right? You're just swapping out a couple episodes and maybe if you can just slowly make those little 1% shifts to listen to these other episodes, and maybe if you keep exploring podcasts that, cause there's so many podcasts, I'm just, just don't come follow me. Yeah, right. There's so many, but finding one that really vibes for you, like like I said, Melanie is my spirit animal. Like we get along. In fact, we know each other now, and we are friends now. And I I love the way she teaches because it's similar to the way my brain works. But some people might be like, "What the heck? Both of y'all are crazy." And that's okay because I'm not for everyone. I actually bought a T-shirt that said, "I'm not for everyone," <laughs> and I feel really good about it. But <laughs> but I think that finding that that They're all teaching the same doctrine, but like teaching in a way that makes sense to you and that like speaks to you. So I think it's amazing that you're doing that and that you can be honest with yourself in that because everybody is struggling with some aspect or another in the gospel and we're all learning and growing. And that's the point of all of this is to have these real conversations because I guarantee a lot of people listening can 100% relate to every single one of us and where we're at, right? And how they have those goals
1: habits are a weird thing too. Cause like, uh, if I always think about like the gym, like, Oh, I've really got to go and like work out. I really need to be more in tune with that and helping my body and stuff. The first jump is always the hardest. Cause I know it's going to hurt. I know it's going to like not be comfortable when you're yeah. out of the swing of it. There's going to be something like, and it's the same thing with the entertainment versus the religious aspect of it. It's like, that's, that's candy. If I'm eating candy all day, it's hard sometimes to want to eat broccoli. It's the first bite that's hard. But like the truth is is that those those things done in a daily repetitive way is what makes is when you start seeing that like it's it's easy. So if we can get past like the first hurdle of like, yeah, guess what? The gym's gonna suck today because your body has not been doing any of this stuff for six yeah. months. You know what I mean? Like your mind mm-hmm. has not been challenging you spiritually in months, like it might be uncomfortable. There might be aspects of it that you're like, I don't know if I want to look at that part of me, you know what I mean right now? But like the, that's why the repetition is so important is because that's when it starts to get easy and you start to feel the, the, the beautiful part that I'm waiting for right now that I'm excited that like it will feel restorative like it does for Emily. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And making it be what's good for you. Like I had, um, Kristen Walker-Smith as an interview recently, and she talked about some of the ways that she does it, and it looks a little bit differently. And she talked about focusing on how it feels, not how it looks, which I thought was really profound. That we, we think it has to look a certain way to be like somebody else, and that's not really the point. It's like, what lights us up? What gives us that soul expansion? And what does that look like for each one of us? Um, I think that's so good. So I wanna read a quote. From the talk, he says, this time of introspection is an opportunity for recalibration, which pausing right there, I love that idea of recalibrating our soul. I think that's perfect. It is a garden of reflection where we can walk with the Lord and be instructed, edified, and purified by the written and spirit revealed word of our Heavenly Father. I love that. The written word that's already there. And then the words that come to us through the spirit, like our own revelation, It is a sacred time when we remember our solemn covenants to follow the gentle Christ, when we assess our progress and align ourselves with the spiritual landmarks God has provided for his children. Think of it as your personal daily restoration. On our journey as pilgrims on the path of glory, we know how easy it is to fall away. But just as minor deviations can draw us out of the Savior's way, so too can small and simple acts of realignment assuredly lead us back. When darkness creeps into our lives, as it often does, our daily restoration opens our hearts to heavenly light, which illuminates our souls, chasing away shadows, fears, and doubts. And I, I just, so many of his talks are so good, but the way he uses language really speaks to me. And I love these ideas he's presenting of the recalibration and this garden of reflection, you know, this light that illuminates our souls, like these Words really speak to me a lot, and that's why I love this talk so much because it speaks to like the, the experience that I've had where when I do these things and I open up the scriptures and I invite the spirit in in this way, that there is this illumination that happens for me. And like Emily was saying, like things just kind of go better, and I can handle the things that come up a little bit better. And, and I can tell like when I'm getting here with people around me, one, I'm probably not loving myself very well, and two, I'm probably not connected with the spirit. And when I connect to the spirit, I do love myself more. I see myself in a better light. I'm more patient with myself and therefore more patient with everybody else. Um, And what I've realized too is that I have to carve out white space. I just, I have to, or else I, my anxiety ADHD driven brain will go all over the place all day long. So I have to be intentional about creating space where I'm not reading anything. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not looking at anything. I put my phone away. I'll put my insight timer app on or whatever. Cause I have learned that God won't shout over my noise. He just won't. That's not how he operates. So if I don't create quiet space, I'm not going to hear what he has
2: to say. So Annie, my favorite phrase from that is, um, it is a sacred time when we remember our solemn covenants to follow the gentle Christ. Mm-hmm. I really like that, and um, I'll tell you a quick story that popped in my head. Um, well, I don't know if it's quick. We'll just see what happens, but
0: we'll roll it.
2: So I remember um, this was many, many, many years ago. I um, I had a friend who was pregnant with her first child, and as she was progressing in her pregnancy, they found out at one of the later ultrasounds that her baby, um, it was a boy, but he was, he had uh, just a plethora of trouble. I mean, his like kidneys were too big uh, or too small. His like bladder was too big. His um, heart, you know, just things weren't developing right. And they pretty much were just telling her, your baby is not going to survive outside the womb. And so they prayed about it and they're just like, we're, you're going to, we're going to keep the baby full term and we'll just pray for a miracle. And I remember she's a really good friend of mine. And I was living with my dad at the time um, with my little, little son. And I was telling my dad about this and I said, dad, you know, and me and my dad would pray together. And I said, can we, can we, pray for my friend. And I really want her to have this miracle. And at first we were just kind of praying like that, you know, we will accept God's will and just um, please support her and her family and her husband at this time. And then we kind of changed our prayers. We're like, why, why not ask for the miracle that that baby will be full health, like perfect, come out and just everything will be okay. And And so we did, we changed our prayers, praying for this miracle that that baby would be born perfect, that they would have their healthy son that they've always wanted, all of these things. And so when the time came that she delivered her son, he lived four hours and um, he passed away. And Mm -hmm. I didn't, I was really upset by that. I, it was the first time like that my idea of prayer was challenged. And, um, it really upset me for a while. And I stopped praying because I was like, I just don't see the, the point because God's going to decide either way, what his answer will be. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like, I'll just, whatever, whatever you want to do. And I, I didn't quite see the point of prayer. And I remember I was, I don't know, it was some time had passed, but it was still on my mind, this issue I had with prayer. And I remember I was running and I would still pray from time to time, but I thought back on her and I was praying to God and I'm on my run. And I, um, I said, you know, God, what's the point of prayer? And so clear in my head was this answer that was like, you know, why didn't she get her miracle? (laughs) And It said the miracle, Emily, was that you prayed for in that moment, you stopped thinking about yourself and prayed for another person. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, yes. And then I looked back on all the miracles that did happen. The fact that the baby uh, lived for four hours, they were able to bless the baby and give him a name. They were able to take just tons of pictures and the nurses were so helpful. You know, they're all prepared for that stuff where they do the footprint and the, all the things yeah. and, and just like that, that baby isn't just gone. Like he doesn't just fizzle out and there's nothing. I mean, the memory of him is always there. She always has him with him wherever she goes in, in her heart. When I, that sacred time I took, that with speaking to God and with Jesus Christ, it's like this gentle answer of um, prayers, not always for you. And so yeah. I, I think to the long story of that is if we don't have like the, why, like, why do we pray? Like, have you asked, like, why do we read our scriptures? And um, because the, Uh, the reason why people keep going to the gym is because they have their big why. You know, it's like my dad will run forever because he had a heart attack when he was in his 40s that should have killed him. And he had all these little kids. And so I remember from that day, he like changed his diet, changed his exercise habits. He wanted to be around for us, you know? So like, if you have the strong enough why, and for me, I will always remember that moment that prayer is something so sacred and so wonderful. And it takes me out of myself, my selfish self bless my heart and (laughs) helps me remember the, the bigger world, um, the bigger picture, the people, my friends. um, So that's why I pray. Emily, I'm so glad you
0: shared that story because it reminded me of a story about prayer that changed the way that I look at prayer. So In my first marriage, I had a miscarriage at about six, seven weeks, and it was hard and it was upsetting, so I was disappointed when it didn't work out, and then my husband at the time wanted to try again, so we got pregnant again, and this time I was scared about losing it again um, and had a lot of fear around it, but was really hopeful that because it was my second pregnancy that more than likely it would carry through, but I think it was more like eight or nine weeks when there's some bleeding started and it was sad actually because we were at the zoo and like had bought these little stuffed animals for like our upcoming baby. And mm. so you leave the zoo with our little stuffed animals and, and I started bleeding. And so it's a hospital and they're like, look, you're going to miscarry. So you can either like, let us do a DNC right now, or you can let it pass on its own. And I thought, well, you never know, like, once there's a miracle, so I'll just let things happen on its own and maybe something will come through. So I go home and, and I remember because I had been praying and praying and praying for me to have this baby. Cause I'm like, it's a righteous desire. Like I should, this is a prayer that should be answered. Like I want to be a mom and I've been promised in my patriarchal blessing. I'll be a mom. Like this is something that is a good thing to ask for. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I did not feel anything. And I was frustrated that I was asking for a good thing. And so then when I got to this place of like, well, I'm in a rock and a hard place because having this baby with this man who was abusive and All kinds of things like he, we should probably save an entire episode just for that first marriage, but, um, (laughs) Julie knows all about that one, but like this marriage was in shambles. So having a baby in this relationship was going to be very difficult, but I already knew the pain of losing a baby. And I knew that would be difficult too. So I remember asking Heavenly father, and I said, you know what? I give up as in like, I give up to like, dude, we all do whatever you want me to do. Either way, Heavenly Father, this is hard. Each option is hard. So can you just please give me the strength I need to do whatever it is you need me to do? Because you know better than I do. You know what outcome's going to happen anyway. Can you just give me enough strength and power to get through it? And in that moment, I felt so much peace. And I literally felt like angels around me. And I felt like it was going to be okay. So when they told me that it was going to miscarry, I had a little shred of hope that maybe I wouldn't, but like knew that I was going to be okay. And I remember in the middle of the night when it started happening and these like little mini labor pains, right? To like push the baby out and my ex-husband would not like wake up and be there with me. And I was like, I'm losing the baby right now. I need you to be here with me. And he wouldn't. And I asked my angels to be with me. And I remembered that promise that like everything would work out the way it's supposed to and that I was going to be okay either way because Heavenly Father had my back. And it gave me so much comfort while I went through that miscarriage. And it also gave me the strength after that to leave him and to start my life over because it was just beyond repairing at that point. And I never looked back from that. But what I learned about prayer was that if we are asking to go against someone's agency, or if we're going, if we're asking to go against God's timing, we're just going to hit our head against a brick wall. That's all it's going to be. But if we ask for strength, for comfort, for peace, for divine intervention in that way, there is no limit to that. Of co- That will always be answered. He will always give you that because that's not impeding anybody's agency and it's not interrupting his timing. And so when I switch that attitude of I'll do whatever you need me to do just give me the strength to do it, it changed everything. So it has changed the way that I pray ever since then. And we can absolutely ask for the miracle, but we have to remember, is it Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that said, but if not, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want this thing to happen, but if not, can you help me? And that has been, um, that's, why, what,
2: that's the story that's helped me to change the way that I look at prayer. When I think it is part of, goal setting goes too, and, and wanting to pray more I think we all need to have these stories like that you had to remember that the sacredness of prayer and like why we pray um, oh absolutely. because I think there'll be times when we will uh, you know we won't be as good but then just always remembering like the reason why because that was so sweet and like what a powerful memory to have
0: Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's like, well, unfortunately I had to have two miscarriages to learn that lesson, but it literally changed my life and it has changed my relationship with him. So yeah, I have every reason to believe that that was a huge blessing in my life, even though it was so hard at the time. Now I see it as a huge blessing because I don't know (laughs) if I would have learned it that deeply any other way. Well, I just wanted to talk about this next question. So Kind of looking at like the habits that will support us this upcoming year because we are wrapping up the end of the year, you know, looking to have intentions for next year. You know, how can we make our prayer and scripture study more meaningful? Maybe some ideas you've tried. Um, While you're thinking about that, I just wanted to throw out a couple like that I like. So I've already talked about Come Follow Me for Us podcast. I love her. Um, I also love Don't Miss This with, is it David Butler? I was getting that wrong. David Butler and Emily Bell Freeman. I love them. And then, I like I said, I interviewed Kristen Walker-Smith. She does the one-minute scripture study, and she just gives you a little nugget that you can ponder throughout the day, something that will just kind of put you in that pondering place like Emily had talked about. And I actually just bought her. Uh, she put out a book that it's a one-minute scripture study for the Old Testament next year, so that every day there's kind of just this one thought from the Old Testament to help apply into your life which is helpful for me because the Old Testament is daunting to me. I'm truthfully not excited about it, but I'm hoping with some of these other companion helps to the scripture will help me to be more invested in the Old Testament. But So yeah, what are some things you guys might want to try as you set intentions for like your New Year's resolutions or goals for your scripture study and prayer?
1: I think number one, let's not gloss over the the changed idea of goal versus intention. That is a powerful for people to hear. That's like, I set goals all through my youth and I broke goals all through my youth over (laughs) and over and over again. Like, that's not something that like, in fact, it became a source of really like, feeling like I wasn't good enough. Like I couldn't do it. I wasn't, it became another tool in Satan's like arsenal against me was that like, I was never, I never kept a goal. I didn't follow through with what I said that I was going to do, but I was talking to my sister recently and she'd been like talking to her husband a lot about wanting to set goals together. And I think for him, it was like hearing, I want to do a million things that are really difficult and that we all have to like (laughs) force ourselves to do. Doesn't that sound fun? And he's like, I don't want to do this. And he went and talked to, she went and talked to her counselor and her counselor was like, I think he's hearing this, that you want him to do even more than of all the things he's already doing to support your family. Mm. She's like, what if you just said, I want to live an intentioned life with you? Ooh. And I was like, bro, like she said it to me and I was like, bro, I want to live an intentioned <gasps> life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Why are you doing what you're doing? What is motivating you throughout the day to get the goals that you want? Like, okay, but what's the intention? Yeah. And so I think that's it. Like reframing is part of what I'm going to do. And like really be trying to challenge myself, like reframing old school ideas of like, we make a goal and for six weeks we're going to do it. And then we achieve, you know, and like, that feels awful. Every part of my body wants to not do that. Like, right yeah. now because I've had to train myself because when you fail so many times it makes you very uncomfortable of wanting to do that like that self-acceptance like that beats you up I want to live an intentioned January what does that look like like okay well I want to understand parts of the the Old Testament like I'll be honest if I went to the Bible Belt and like we were going square for square on scripture, like I'd have no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure. just none, no frame of reference. Like I have maybe my years of seminary to back me up in the old Testament. Cause I've just yeah. choose, I've chosen to not really study it deeply. It's a little challenging for me. And so I think that's great. Like part of that would definitely be that like listening to podcasts, having other people who have studied this in depthly, helping to educate me but also like, I'm really, I've got to challenge myself on the framework. You know, we've talked about what do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? What's your intention? Like, I just, I love that. So for me, that's my goal. Like my goal is to look at everything that I see in myself that I want improvement on and steps that I want to be taking forward and going. So what's the intention? The 1% better. What's the why, why are you doing these things? And that's, that's what I, that's how I'm going to approach this. I think,
0: but having this like overall intention, that's easy for me to remember, like having like one intention for my parenting that I want to instill in my children, a love for themselves and other people. That's my intention. And then each one of my choices or my days or whatever, I just kind of go back to that. Like, okay, is the choices I'm making today? Does that, does that align with my intention and my value?
1: Well, what if you said that to the Savior? I want to live an intentioned life with you. Mm, like, I want to I live love an that. intentioned life with you. I want to understand this more in-depthly. I want to understand and feel restored by reading the scriptures. I want to seek you in prayer and have you be a partner. These are intentioned goals. These are intentioned thoughts. I want to live an intentioned life. That's really good,
2: Julie. Tony Robbins. And he says, if you don't know where you want to be in five years, you're already there. I think it does take a plan. And if you're not like Uchtdorf was saying, that's why we need these landmarks. So it's kind of, we set the goal. You have, I think part of it is having a strong why. So if we went back to the prayer example, have a strong why, why do I pray? Um, Well, I remember this moment and just prayer keeps my mind set. Um, on others. It helps me remember that God is in control and that I, uh, you know, there are angels around me, all the things that are like, why I want to have prayer. And then like setting very specific goals, like, okay, so I want to pray every day at the start of my day. So how do I make that happen? And even if it's a a very quick one, like, do I want to do it on my knees? Do I need to do it Um, before I get the baby from the crib, do I want to do it after I make my bed? You know, so having very specific goals and then part of it too, is having these deadlines to track, um, how, like, how am I go? How am I doing? How was this week? And so on Sunday you went back, how did I do? Well, I only did maybe three days out of the week. Okay. Why? What happened? well, the baby was crying and screaming. I didn't want to do my prayer then. So maybe it's like, okay, I need to reevaluate. Um, maybe I get the baby, the bottle and then say my prayer, you know, so you start having, that's the conversation with Christ of, he is a part of this process just in that big, what's my intention. It's also the day to day working through, um, and creating these daily benchmarks. Um, And so I, I wasn't, I wasn't taught really how to track my progress by myself. I had an adult track it for me. And Mm -hmm. so now that I'm like grown and instead of making these lofty new year's goals, um, just learning how, like having the goal of learning how to setting goals, I should, I think should be my number one for the start of the year.
1: But more the intent, meaning the spirit or the why behind it. I agree that there needs to be maybe some steps in line. Like I'm not going to be able to just intend to lose weight and lose weight. But I also like, if I intend to lose weight because of the wrong, why I'm going to experience failure in a goal. And that can be like really, really depressing for someone who's not so good at it.
0: (laughs) No, for sure. And that's what I was saying. It feels, it feels like we are on the same page of like, maybe for us saying the word intention
2: feels like we're saying this is the why. Yeah. And I looked up the word because I really like words. And so I checked out the word intention, intent. And, you know, part of that, they give a bunch of synonyms and motive is one of it. And the origin of wor- the word motive is to move. But if you have the motive, like you are moving, you are acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the intentioned life. I think it's setting right, the, the, intention, the motive, but then the motive is what makes you move.
1: Right. Um, right. Yeah,
0: for sure. That like that there is something that we would like to accomplish, whatever phrasing or wording like makes the most sense. Like I want to accomplish this for this deep, powerful reason. This is why I want to. And then there has to be some kind of measurable. Like, how do I even know I did it if I don't have some kind of plan in place? Right. Because I can say, oh, I want my family to feel together. OK, well, how do now I what? know if I've done it? unless there's some kind of plan
1: yeah that's why I really just wanted to point it out is because even in this moment and this may not have been your experience either of you because you maybe really be very accomplished at goal setting and following through but like that mindset shift of living an intentioned life that mindset shift for me is so powerful in wanting to pursue goals again that I wanted to make sure that other people were hearing that and going like, guys, like it can feel like this, you know. For sure,
0: there there might be other people that also struggle with, you know, the idea of goal setting because of past experiences or whatever that they might have those feelings too. That yeah, if it helps to reframe it, it's the same process, but like to reframe how you look at it. If that's more motivating to you, awesome. Like that's yeah. more motivating for me, and I have set up like little mini goals for myself you know, like a plan in place because of like the overarching, like intention that I have,
2: but I still have, you know, pieces that yeah. measure t- that I'm doing it. What's well, starting yeah. with the foundation, right? Because your foundation is to be a person who changes every day. That doesn't mean you are going to, but you're in, you're setting, you're starting out with the foundation of, I am a person who is wanting to change, who's willing to change, who studies and is a learner and who's always wanting to be better every day. And that's a great intention. Yeah. Totally. Of, and just instead of setting goals that don't really mean that much to you and even evaluating, like some people are like, I don't care if I go to the gym. Fine. Yeah. You know, like you <laughs> shouldn't just because you think you should, that's not right. gonna, that's not a good goal for you. Right. You know, I go to the gym because of the daycare. So I can actually time to myself. <laughs> sure. I love that. So it's like, I mean, some people are like, I have to be outside. I can't be in a gym. Then it's, you know, so we also should be, are we making goals that are really important to us? Not based on what we think we should be doing because other people are doing it. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's very, a very personal conversation between you and the Lord. Like yep. what? What you want to be doing?
1: Maybe um, that's why I need that mind shift too, though, is because mm-hmm. maybe there's something yucky in my mind that, with goals, because I made them for other people, right? You know what I mean? It wasn't like, for you. Yeah, and it was always like we're in young women's and everyone's around each other, and it's like I'm gonna read the Book of Mormon in one month. It was goals to impress
0: people versus goals that would like actually make you happy and make you feel closer to the savior or whatever it is, whatever outcome you wanted. And I think it goes back to what Emily said at the beginning of this part about how Tony Robbins was saying, if you don't know, you're going, like if we have no aim, which goes right back to what president was saying, right. That if we have no landmarks, we have no place we're following. We we're just going to walk in tight circles over and over and over again, but Mm. understanding why we want to do those things, I think is uh, incredible. And So Emily loves Covey because Stephen Covey, because she named a kid after him. So she'll probably be very familiar with this thing from his book, First Things First. And I love this analogy. And I'm sure most people have heard it, but if you haven't, maybe it'll be new to you, maybe. But he has this analogy of like having a jar and putting all the big rocks in first. And then you put the gravel in and then you have like sand. And then there's there's water. Like, because if you tried to put the water in first, you wouldn't have room for the other things. But that when we put the things that matter most first, then we have room for the other things. So I think that goes back to the conversation we're having, like like Julia are saying, I'm just shifting a few things out and putting a few of those bigger rocks in first. And then we might be surprised at how much time we have for other things. But my intention here and my goal is to put those important things first. And when I put those habits there first, then those other things I think will come along a lot easier if I make those a priority.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, see, and let's just to be clear for people who aren't familiar with what big rocks are, like your big rocks would be like, and it's cool because the church um, is actually picking up this concept and they teach it to the youth. So you've got your physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual. So these are like your four big pillars. Those are the things that you are your four, are your big rocks. And so, and this is just like maybe for an individual because your other big rocks for like family might be a little different. Sure. Or like as a spouse and your children, like these are also big rocks. So, so um, that's a great way to start when you're doing your goals is with those four things. And like the physical, you know, your body, mental, your brain. So like reading, education, journal writing, and then social emotional is like service, Um, what you can do with your friendships, your relationships in the church, how you, you know, all that. And then of course, spiritual, which has to do with your prayer, your scripture study, your meditation. Yeah. So that's it. I really highly recommend reading Covey's book,
1: Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. I love it. Thank you for those thoughts, girl. I appreciate it. Actually, that was one thing we did last year for Christmas. We had all of the kids fill out their goals for those four areas. And then I gave gifts that helped to aid in those four areas. So like Adelaide wanted to learn an instrument. So I got her a ukulele and like Franklin wanted to like build more friendships with people. And so I gave a pass to one of the local like skate places, but I gave him two so he could take a friend with him. Oh, I love like that. things like that. Yeah. It was really cool. It was an easy way to shop and like everybody wanted one of the ones they all wanted to do was be better on the bus because they've been terrible on the bus. <laughs> and so I bought a bunch of like Oriental trading company, like little toys oh, and cool. they gave them out to everybody on the bus as like every month they would get a new present to give to like all the kids on the bus.
0: Oh, what a cute idea. I love that. Yeah. And the thing is, Julie, is that because for you, the goal setting has been kind of a traumatic experience. You get to get this whole new light to your family around like what goal setting looks like, that it's just, we would like to always improve and that we are learners. Like Emily was saying, we're always learners. And so I love they have this program now for the youth that we can use too, that allows us to put the most important things first and then, you know, make decisions around the other things after that. But those habits Will support us and they will be meaningful for us if we make them a priority. Right. Yeah. So, I, but I love that idea for your family. That's fantastic. So, I think that to kind of sum up here of this part of the conversation is just that, you know, calling it a goal, calling it intention, but kind of having this why am I wanting to accomplish this thing? Is it for me? Is it for somebody else? And making sure that it's really for you. And then what does your plan look like to see if you've actually accomplished it or not, to know that you have met the intention, you've met the goal um, to improve in that way. Because the more light we get in this life, the better we'll be in the next life. And I love the things that Elder Uptor shared about, you know, these habits are restorative for us. And that if we make those things a priority, we will get more guidance on how to do all the other things right to all the other parts will be easier for us when we have really made sure that those habits are there. So I just want to close out our discussion today with this final quote from his talk. He says, this of course, takes a steady effort on our part. We cannot be content with spiritual experiences of the past. We need a steady flow. We can't rely on others testimonies forever. We must build our own. We need an ongoing daily infusion of heavenly light. I love that. We need times of refreshing, times of personal restoration. Rolling waters cannot long remain impure. To keep our thoughts and actions pure, we have to keep rolling. Um, And after all, the restoration of the gospel and the church is not something that happened once and is over. It's an ongoing process, one day at a time, one heart at a time. And so it is for us. This continual daily restoration is something that we need every day. And if we don't do that, we can lose some of those habits. And so listeners, I invite you to take a look at your life and see how you can set some goals, set some intentions, some things for yourself for this upcoming year that will allow you to have that daily restoration, that daily refreshing, that daily infusion of heavenly light. And thank you so much for being here and we will see you next week. If you want to learn more about how to use gospel principles to strengthen your relationships, I'm a relationship coach, and I would be honored to work with you. Contact me through Instagram at HeyAnnieJoy or my website, AnnieJoy.com.